Hey everyone, we just got off a call with Wade Lightheart and it was such a fascinating um, discussion because he was able to weave together things that we have been speaking to, teaching, um, speak to in our own lives and in our practice and when it comes to like gut health, hormone health, mindset, performance, like all the various things and made them so tangible and so simple and relatable. So it really is a must listen. Yeah, it's, it's in his name too, Lightheart, right? He just brings so much truth and wisdom and light to to the, to the health paradigm. You know, he's he's helped so many thousands and thousands of people. I'm sure millions of people. He's got an amazing company called Bio-Optimizers. Bio we use their products in our clinic and love them. So we dive a little bit deeper into the gut microbiome connection. We, we talk a little bit in more depth around magnesium and, and epigenetics and basically, you know, standing up for your health. You know, we're in a really interesting time when it's coming to, you know, what we're being told to do. And he gives such a powerful message on uh, on how this all plays out and that chronic state of stress that we get mm -hmm. stuck in when we're not honoring our truth within. Yeah, listen till the end because he really does give that message and it makes you want to rise up and feel very empowered. Mm -hmm. So tune in, enjoy and let us know what you think. Welcome to the Health Ignited Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen. We are partners, parents, business partners, doctors, yoga teachers, and retreat leaders. We promise to bring you real conversations to awaken and ignite your potential to live your best life possible. Join us each week as we dive into topics varying from brain health, biohacking, hormones, and longevity, to relationships, parenting, meditation, and more. Together, creating community and building stronger foundations for the generations to come. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Health Ignited with myself and Dr. Sonia Jensen. Uh, we're here having an amazing conversation, or about to have an amazing conversation with uh, a new, newish friend of ours. His name is Wade Lightheart. He's also uh, a Canadian as well. He just happens to not be in the country. He's building his massive business called Bio Optimizers down in the U.S. And if you haven't seen our first episode that we did with him on the Dr. Dads, make sure you tune in and get a little bit more of his background. Uh, but what we wanted to touch in on today was a bunch of concepts. Uh, Wade can go deep and he can go wide and, and he can do both. And we'll, we're going to dive into some areas around the gut-brain connection, understanding why he, he had a, a, a proclivity towards vegetarian type of diet, why keto maybe wasn't the best idea for him or why it didn't work or where the pitfalls were and how to fill in all those gaps that he was addressing with, uh, with his product. So uh, without further ado, Wade, thank you so much for joining us again in another conversation. Thanks guys. Always a, always a slice to hang out with you and uh, great to dive into another bunch of topics today. Hopefully we'll offer some value for your listeners. Absolutely. So I think uh, a starting point for us was, you know, we were relatively new to your business uh, when we when we first had the conversation. A lot of these things were new and I love the innovation that you, you know, develop and uh, with your products. And uh, I think some of the ones that we've just really fell in love with was uh, I know one was the Cogniplex. Mm -hmm. So Sonia, why don't you tell a bit of your story with that and then we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, I just think um, the gut brain connection is so important to dive into because most often people don't understand how deeply it's connected and that your gut microbiome can actually affect your mood and your neurotransmitters and all the various aspects. And then from that space, it's going to affect your decision-making, how you feel about yourself and your life. And I just noticed, um, and a lot of my patients noticed as we started taking the Cognibiotic, it was this like immediate shift in mood in the mornings. And it was this immediate like connection. And often, you know, people are trying to do all the things, eat all the right way, but it's that missing link. And I know this one particular patient, we were working on our gut for a very long time. That mixed with your magnesium was like the two things that have shifted her now for months. And so, yeah, I would love for you to dive deep into like why you brought those specific strains together and what the science behind it is and just any stories that you might have that you can share with our audience. Sure. So um, thank you for that. And I always love hearing those stories. Those are really awesome because, you know, our job is to end physical suffering, activate biologically optimized health. And I think in today's world, we have to... We have to recognize the world that we live in as opposed to this idealistic world with this, 
you know, with these standard statistical models and stuff, because if someone shows up at the, you know, at the doctor's office or a patient or is suffering from something, guess what? You're outside of normal and average or that sort of thing, you know? And if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not interested in normal, normal and average. But overall, we have to recognize as a society in general, there has been the rapid technological innovation through every facet of the world, how we work, how we produce food, how we deliver food, and how we connect to our family unit and our extended family unit, which is our local communities. Over the last 80 years, since essentially World War II, that has been shifted so that humans are essentially living a completely different lifestyle than our ancestors for 10,000 generations. We've also subverted the traditional aspects of food. So normally we would have obtained enzymes and probiotics and things and, and, and a higher mineral content to the food that we were regularly eating. If you look at the turn of the century, 96% of people lived on their own farm. And that meant they had access to, you know, really nutrient dense foods. There was, there, there was no inorganic, there was only organic and nothing went through the packaging, distribution, the aging, the processing, the dyes, the chemicals, the preservatives, and all these things. Many of these agents that are used in the production of our food nowadays has subsequently compromised our bacteria levels or our digestive capacity. And so our digestive system works, I've broken it down into five simple stages, the taste, touch, feel, sense, smell the food at the very first part the mastication or chewing of the food, and then the food travels down the esophagus into the, the upper cardiac portion of the st stomach. And after that's where the enzymes present in the food are supposed to be breaking it down. Almost everybody eats their food in a cooked state or a pasteurized state, or so we don't have any enzymes and our body's forced to produce enzymes to digest that food. Enzymes are catalysts that are involved in over 25,000 different processes in the body and are a key element to breaking down our food. Um, hydrochloric acid then comes into the body. Hydrochloric acid disinfects our food, okay? So it wipes out bugs, insects, parasites, pathogenic bacteria, viral loads, all these sort of things. That's what hydrochloric acid is designed to do, as well as change the pH to activate certain enzymes and deactivate others. And then the, the next stage is maybe one of the most important, especially when you're dealing with the gut-brain connection, and that is the symbiotic relationship that we exist with, with hundreds of these bacteria strains. And uh, this is a fascinating topic that we're going to expand upon a little bit relative to your question. And then finally is the removal of the leftover product, the waste product through peristaltic contraction, which actually moves the food all the way through and then eliminates the waste product. Anytime that we have an undigested food, a food that doesn't go through this complete or efficient process, it is a potential toxin. Harvard Medical Research just put out a paper that virtually everybody in North America is suffering from some level of leaky gut. And that is an overpermeability of the gut membrane where undigested food is leaking into the bloodstream, creating an inflammatory response uh, in, inside the body. And we don't want to do that. Second thing is with the, the one of the great breakthroughs that happened in the industrialized world was the use of antibiotics, which saved millions and millions and millions of people. However, the overprescription and overdependency on antibiotics has led to the opposite in that we have uh, highly resistant strains of bacteria to antibiotics. In fact, our, one of our PhDs from our research team just did a, a, a we just did a webinar on what she said, within 10 to 20 years, we will live in the post-antibiotic era. And that is the antibiotics we have will not work against anything. And this is something that is facing medical practitioners in hospital settings right now. It's a serious, serious issue. The third thing is, is the, the, all, a lot of these chemical agents and preservatives have disrupted and killed off many of the essential species, which are connected to producing the polypeptide chains, the neurochemicals that run our brain chemistry. So in order to make the neurochemicals, we need to be able to break down the essential proteins, the essential fatty acids, and in some carbohydrates in order to build out these neurochemicals. And this is done 
particularly with things like serotonin, which is 95% of it is produced in the gut by bacteria. And most people who are suffering from low mood and the correlative medical conditions associated with that, whether you get into anxiety and depression and even more case of neurochemical imbalances, oftentimes have gut issues. And when you have gut issues, usually to compensate, you'll eat simple refined carbohydrates in order to try and manufacture a, uh, an artificially stimulated connection. So we get that sugar craving when we're down, we get those things and we start riding the blood sugar roller coaster and all the complications that happen because of that. And to just illustrate how serious this condition is, they recently, uh, forget which research group it was, off offhand, but they studied some tribes in South America that haven't been exposed to modern civilization. And they found hundreds of bacteria strains that they didn't even know existed. Wow. We don't know what these strains do. They're actually researching. So there might be a whole range of feelings, thoughts, emotions that we are literally letting out of our range of experience in the modern world. What we do know is there are certain bacteria which are imperative along with the proper nutrition, they go hand in hand in the proper digestive system to rebuild our neurochemicals and to produce these kind of feel good uh, neurochemicals in our brain. And if you've been on antibiotics a lot, if you've been using um, prescription medication to treat a condition, either somewhat or all the time, or you're under a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, and you eat a highly refined uh, diet, in other words, you know, your diet comes from 7-Eleven or the, pa the packaged item aisle, the chances are that you have good digestion is almost zero. The chances that you are not getting a full range of the neurochemicals that you could use to have a full range of experience is very high. And then you separate that with the current mandates that are going on. Humans are a social species and require social interaction, including touch and connection and the exchange of information, energy, feeling, saliva, you name it. <laughs> and we've reduced that significantly and put an, an overarching fear that doing so is somehow risking that. That really puts a lot of pressure, especially of those who are prone to those conditions, lack of exercise, overeating of refined carbohydrates, lack of social interaction, as well as the onslaught of the other things is a recipe for disaster. And the research is showing now, right now, that the cases of depression, suicide, uh, anxiety medications, the increase in um, use of alcohol and drugs uh, in order to offset the negative feelings that people are having is going and the uncertainty. And so as health advocates and practitioners, we have to go back to the basics. We have to understand that we are swimming up against a tide and you need to put into place both information, technology, and lifestyle patterning that will offset the current trend that is being initiated by um, our political systems, which I think are very narrow in their focus and certainly will have consequences far greater than what I feel is the pandemic. And that's a personal opinion I have. And, you know, people can say whatever they want about it, but that's what I've been able to observe. And so reversing that trend is our mission at Bioptimizers. Amazing. What a summary. I mean, just hearing that for people, you know, it, it I think it's going to do one of two things. One, hopefully it wakes them up to the reality of the choices and, and the impact it has on their body. And then two, it should also validate those that are actually taking action and doing things to better themselves and optimize themselves and to address these things that have been maybe uh, swept under the rug for so many years. So let's, let's dive a little bit more into the cognitive biotic then. So, cause this, this obviously birthed out of like this entire discussion that you've, that you just laid out for us. So what is it specific, specifically about the cognitive biotic that makes it, or sort of has a unique place in this, um, in this healing process for people? Yeah, great question. So we have a partnership with a university in Croatia called Birch University. And what we've done is there are a lot of very smart PhDs in microbiome technology and studying bacteria and their behaviors and what they do and how they interact with uh, brain chemistry and a variety of other immune system responses. And so what we started to do is saying, okay, 
We provided them a number of testing machines that the university couldn't afford. And they provided us with the intellectual horsepower to do all sorts of crazy experiments that Matt and I dream up in the middle of the night of, well, what happens if you turn the Wi-Fi on on these bacteria? What happens if you feed them sugar? What happens if you feed them vitamins? What happens, you know, so we started looking at different bacteria strains. And of course, our researchers uh, were having a lot of fun because they're like, why these guys come up with some crazy experiments and we can kind of think up. And one of the areas, um, because I have a, a number of very close friends who suffer from you know, neurochemical imbalances. And they've struggled for a long time. And I've always been very supportive of them getting the proper uh, medical condition or, or treatment, both psychologically and neurologically. But I really noticed that there was no addressment to their bacteria. There was no addressment to nutrition. None of those things. It was just take pharmaceuticals. And the thing with pharmaceuticals, if you look at the literature, and I have, if you look at orthomolecular psychology um, and orthomolecular psychiatry, both of those areas started to study neurochemicals. And I went back to Hoffer, Linus Pauling, and um, uh, excuse me, and Dr. David Hawkins. And they first turned up the psychology world, psychiatric world by saying, hey, you could treat advanced cases of mental illness with nutrition. And they got into supersaturating uh, detoxification from thing, you know, uh, things like lead, uh, or from mercury, you know, mad as a hatter. Well, hatters used to use mercury and then high levels of mercury had noticed there would be disbalances. Um, blood sugar deregulation. Um, Dr. Hawkins would talk about, he'd have his clients come in and he would cut their sugar intake and 50% of their, their symptoms would go away just by managing their blood sugar. So we're like, well, what, what, what happens to this? Like what bacteria are actually making this stuff? So it turns out that there are some specific um, bacteria strains that are involved in manufacturing the right vitamins and minerals and neurochemicals in the body. One of them is, now let's do my best to pronounce these correct, correctly, Bifidobacterium bifidum. And to summarize what it does is they've been shown to reduce the stress response in the body and produce mood boosting vitamins like K and B12. Okay. So some people are more prone to that. Now, if you want to get specific, I'm not here. I'm just giving some generalizations. The best thing to do, go get a DNA test, uh, look at your genetic factors, have someone look at your epigenetic influences and, and as well, I mean, combine that with the spectra cell test. So you can see which vitamins and minerals you're deficient, which ones you have a predisposition for absorbing and utilizing and which ones that you can get the most bang for your buck. And then recognize that there's certain bacteria that's gonna help deliver. It's not just enough to have, in other words, the goods, you gotta have the trucks to deliver it. There's another bacteria called Lactobacillus helveticus, and this restores healthy levels of serotonin. This is really key in producing serotonin as well it reduces cortisol. So um, when you are stressed or have anxiety or dealing with depression, these type of things, usually you have a disproportionate amount of cortisol being produced. Now, some people will, depending on their hormonal pathways, and you get into a naturopathic doctor, will look at this and you can have them break this down for you. Some people, when they do a cortisol response, will increase the production of, say, testosterone. Other people will produce more estrogen. And then there's a cascade of neurochemicals that will be produced depending on that individual. And sometimes that can lead to conditions of anxiety and depression, low mood, feeling not connected, flat, all those type of things. And what researchers are showing is this particular strain, uh, Helveticus, um, has been able to assist in people suffering from those conditions. And then you have a couple other things, um, Lactobacillus cassii, which has been shown as a mood enhancer, Bifidobacterium animalis modulates brain activity, particulars in optimizing cognitive performance, and Bifo, Bifido, excuse me, Bacterium breve, which is supportive nervous system, because the nervous system is also part of that. So for example, if you're, everybody has known maybe a period you had children or you had a high workload for a while, that you work really hard and you're training really hard and then you kind of hit to a state where you feel kind of flat or drained or not going. Well, that's usually because of a neurochemical, like a nervous system overload that you're not recovering from. And so 
as a high performance coach, um, and when I was an athlete as well, we would be monitoring these biofeedback marketers to offset what's your overall training level, what's all your diet, what else is going on in your life, how do you represent stress in your life, and is going to determine. So it's not just simply, hey, take a product and fix the problem. I want to be clear about that. You cannot supplement your way out of a bad lifestyle, but you can't have the best lifestyle without the right supplements. It's 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 a two way trail, and so we develop cognibiotics. Uh, adding those particular elements that we talked about, those bacteria strains. Now, I will say you kind of talked on something really uh, important. One of the other areas that we find massive deficiencies in the population is magnesium. A lot of um, medications that are used to treat neurological conditions deplete the body of magnesium. And so you have a twofold aspect. It'll get, and that's why oftentimes they end up rotating the different types of uh, drugs that they'll give people because it creates depletion and you have to go to another one and another one and another one. And most people that have been down that road. So supporting your digestive health um, will allow you to be able to manufacture those neurochemicals. And magnesium is a big part, particularly in down-regulating uh, the nervous system into the relaxed response. It's also a key element for neurotransmitter formation. And so many people, when they combine the cognibiotics with magnesium and making sure that they're getting, you know, good sleep, they're getting uh, their dietary uh, adjustments brought in good, clean food, regularly stabilized blood sugar. Oftentimes you can make market improvements in their health. And that's where you choose a professional to help guide you through the, the, uh, the sticking points that you may have. Yeah. I love it. You, you brought up so many important I know. points. There's so much to unpack yeah. there. And I just loved how you um, brought together all the different aspects of health with like hormones and gut and neurotransmitters. And also this perception that individuals sometimes have that it's all in the mind when it comes to depression and anxiety. But really, there's this connection because everything's been so compartmentalized with medicine that you're either going to go see a psychiatrist, psychologist and work on the mind and then see somebody else for this part and this part, but really it's all interconnected. And, you know, we see a lot of individuals with hormone, hormone challenges, and we see many getting misdiagnosed with depression and anxiety after menopause or for men andropause. And really it is that neurochemical relationship that needs to shift. So I loved how you kind of mapped all of that together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other the other thing that I think is really important, maybe you can hit on it a little bit more. You you kind of mentioned that, you know, you've got the nutrient deficiencies, which you know people are more maybe used to hearing stuff like that, or the more that's more relatable for them. Um, but then you also brought in like the the idea that there's the trucks that actually have to carry the nutrition, and like that's that's a piece that guaranteed is missing in most people's dialogue and understanding. You know, which brings us back to the point of like nutrition and and all that other stuff. Um, with, with the role of the magnesium, I mean, one of the things that we've kind of went around until we found your product, we, we would use different um, types of magnesium. You know, we try to fill in gaps and what have you. And I know we talked a little bit about the magnesium last time, but I think just because we're on this conversation, maybe we can dive into, you know, why that, that product was so important. And, uh, you know, maybe some of the cofactors and, and people don't realize that those cofactors attached to that magnesium unit just it's a myriad of different roles. It's not just, oh, this one's, um, you know, everybody needs to be on bisglycinate, for example. But um, yeah, I'd love for you to expand on that one a little bit more too, if you can. Yeah, uh, I'd love to. And kudos out to um, Dr. Charles Poliquin, the late Charles Poliquin. And he was the first person I had heard that had identified the different types of magnesium that were uptaken by different parts of the body. And that's a huge, important distinction and he was using it in his training high performance athletes. And so two things that um, Poliquin was, I think, really breakthrough on that. Number one, he would have everyone do a Braverman test that he was coaching right off the bat to see if they were dopamine dominant or acetylcholine dominant, dominant. And Braverman is a simple test you do online and it'll determine your neurochemical dominance. Okay. Now he would say if they weren't acetylcholine and dopamine dominant, he wouldn't train them because they would never win a gold medal at the Olympics if they weren't one of those two things. But the difference between those two things was how often, how frequently, and how hard they could train. And so he would have two athletes in the same sport doing completely different programs based on their neurochemical dominance. He also said that, and he coached gold medalists in 27 different sports, as well as the huge uh, amount of professional athletes over his career. 
Now, I mean, he learned languages and he would read different journals in different languages because he found different cultures had certain um, insights into one aspect and he would so cross culture, overcome the, the, the cultural biases, which in different cultures and different research facilities and how that would go to figure things out. Really interesting uh, and a Renaissance man by all means. And when you're pushing the limit in performance and we can learn a lot from high performance individuals in that they are bringing up the total amount of volume intensity in workload that is, uh, that is putting stress on the system. If you're feeling stressed in your life, it's the same thing. It's just that what you are doing or what you're subjecting to or the uh, self-talk that you're using an application to your goals, your dreams, your work, your life, your relationships is leaving you in a position where you feel stressed. Well, stress is both a psychological, but a neurological and a nutritional based component. And that's why you need a professional to step out and say, hey, let's run some tests. Let's look at your lifestyle and let's get you some objective reality. Because oftentimes we get in these feedback loops and they become self-defeating. And so he would start using these different types of magnesium to be able to allow the people to recover from extreme levels of load in their body. Now, one of the things that he didn't anticipate, which we now know, is that EMFs and blue light, which are prevalent in almost everyone's life today with phones and, uh, and, and televisions and screens, also create a bigger load on the requirements of magnesium. And in the North American soil has been deficient in magnesium for decades. And so we've got, a, we've got these other stress factors that are contributing. Also, we have a lot of food that is um, correlated or enhanced with calcium. We have high levels of calcium, low levels of magnesium. Now they operate in about a two to one ratio, magnesium being the control. So if you have a lot of calcium and low magnesium, your body will start dumping magnesium or excuse me, calcium to get the ratio back. This leads to conditions like osteoporosis and uh, cramping in the body, inability to sleep, um, oversensitivity to EMF rays uh, or you know, simulation to blue light. And so all these biohackers who sound kind of crazy about wearing these crazy glasses at night and, you know, shutting all off the EMF or in their house and taking these supplements. Well, it turns out they actually are onto something that they're actually to offset the advantage of technological innovation. Third thing is using your phone a lot, uh, particularly if you're a dopamine heavy person, you tend to deplete your dopamine levels. And dopamine is a neurochemical that is designed to increase the connection between axion and dendrites relative to um, skill sets that lead to your overall well-being. So before that was your ability to grow a crop in a garden or to throw a spear at a deal. Well, nowadays people are getting that dopamine fix from, you know, putting a like on your YouTube or your Facebook or getting, you know, some likes on that or some positive comments. Well, those aren't necessarily skills that lead to your health. In fact, you start depleting and start relating your, your, your serotonin system to status. And so Dr. Jordan Peterson goes extensively into serotonin and status in society. And we've now incorporated social media as a status component into our, our, our lives. And so, oh, sorry, sorry, my phone's going out there. I didn't know that. So there about that. We didn't realize that. And so when you only have three likes on your page, there is an activation in the amygdala response of the body, the, the, the emotional center that says, uh-oh, I might get kicked out of the tribe because I'm not a high status person. And these false signals drive you to take up more behaviors on social media, to post more, connect more, all that sort of stuff. And you get into this train where, and then you're staring into a blue light and you're trying to get these lights. So you, you have these cascading effects, which are overall affecting your neurochemistry. So we are like, okay, we've got all these problems. I was down there. I, I was working, uh, I was running three different companies. I was working seven days a week. I didn't take a day off for two years, you know, from morning to night, uh, being a high performer. And uh, I got to my place where I felt like I was living in hell and burning out. And I was like, why is this? You know, I got, I'm taking my vitamins. I'm taking my nutrition. I got my, well, guess what? I took a spectra cell test. I talked to my naturopathic doctor. My testosterone levels had crashed the roof because my cortisol was too much in my body. My magnesium and B12 levels 
were really depleted inside my body. And so I said, okay, let's go back to Charles Poliquin stuff. Let's start, let's start loading up magnesium. I bought all these different types of magnesium to see which one would work. We, we got spreadsheets and we literally would take them until we got the runs that's breaking the GI barrier. And then we try the next one and we try the next one and we correlated this all out. And I don't know, I had, I don't know how many different bottles of magnesium on my cupboard. And then one day we got the bright idea. Uh, well, wouldn't it be cool if we put like all these magnesiums, like all the best ones in one capsule? Now that sounds easy, right? Of course, we didn't think of that. Well, when we went to the, the manufacturing facility to look at why no one had done that, it turns out when you see like magnesium bisglycinate or magnesium malate or whatever that happens to be, there's a bond that is associated with the magnesium. And that bond changes the size of your molecules. And when the molecule is a different size, they don't all flow through the nozzle at the machine that's putting that together. So they add what's called an excipient. An excipient is a flow regulator. And a flow regulator is to make things slippery. But most of the flow regulators, excipients that they use in, in the world, you don't want those in your body. So it's like, ah, so how are we going to figure this out? So we had to come up with uh, some specialized nozzle technology that would allow these to flow through without using the negative excipients. So we figured that out. And then it turns out when you put all these things in a capsule, the capsule would break. And so we had to get specialized capsules. So it took us a number of months to figure this all out. And when we finally did, we said, okay, great. We got this product. Now we don't have to buy 10 different bottles and have a whole cupboard full of these things on my shelf. Matt and I were happy. We fixed our magnesium. I dropped one of my uh, companies. I changed my lifestyle. I addressed my nutritional needs. I took more time away from my computer, start taking some days off and pounded magnesium starting off at five grams a day and eventually tapering off to about one and a half to two is what I use now. That was my recipe for fixing that issue. And I feel great. I don't want to ever go back there. And that's what we learned. And then we offered the product to the world and turns out that everybody that took it says, wow, I feel really good. My sleep score is better. I feel more relaxed. I'm not cramping in the gym. I don't have PMS. You know, I'm not getting migraine headaches from vasoconstriction. So it was like, oh, well, I guess well, we inadvertently uh, discovered uh, a great product for the society and uh, Magnesium Breakthrough has been going ever since. So that's a whole long, strong out story. <laughs> love it. <laughs> um, I love that story. And what I would actually be interested is to understand your story a little bit deeper because we know the products are great and we know that they help all these myriad of things because it's creating that connection between gut and brain um, and I know you probably went through a lot of that in the doctor dads but maybe just a little glimpse of your why and what brought you into this world would be amazing. Sure well when I was a kid growing up in rural Canada and when I was 15 we moved to a remote part of the world in other words, it was five miles to my nearest neighbor. I lived in the woods. Uh, my parents were a caretaker of a, of a resort for a wealthy businessman. And uh, at the same time, so I had, I was surrounded with beauty and nature and quietude, but that's not a cool thing when you're 15. And it was in literally an hour and 15 minutes, both ways on the bus. I was literally that kid that went uphill both ways in the winter. And uh, I'd have to take the snowmobile out to the bus sometimes and all sorts of stuff. So where I'm talking very rural living, wood, uh, heat, and the electricity we go for day, we had our own generators and we had to plow our own road. And sometimes we snowed in for three, four, five days, all sorts of things like that. And so left with a lot of time on my hands, I started to reflect and be observant. Concordantly, my sister, who was four years my senior, got diagnosed with Hodgson's disease. And I watched her go through the medical model for four years before she died at the age of 22. So I literally learned that your life isn't a guarantee and your health isn't a guarantee at that time. Concordantly, uh, when we moved down there, she had given me a bodybuilding magazine, my sister did. And I saw Troy Zuclato, blonde guy, all these muscles, one Mr. California, two pretty girls on the cover. And I'm like, wow, maybe if I get the muscles, I'll get these girls. So I bought the Joe Weider lie, built a gym. Uh, it was kind of like, uh, you know, Rocky Four, where he was. That's, what I was, that's what I was picturing, yeah. Exactly what it was. <laughs> saw horses, I had, a, you know, tractor tires, uh, made up pulleys, um, you know, a wood chopping place, jump like it was very crude and very cold. And I would go out there sometimes and train in a snowmobile suit and freeze my hands. And, and I discovered Arnold Schwarzenegger in his book, Education of a Bodybuilder. And he said, you can achieve anything you want in life with hard work, self-discipline and a positive attitude. 
Well, everybody I knew worked hard. I didn't know anybody that didn't work hard. It was a very rural, hardworking place. Nobody had a positive attitude and no one even knew what self-discipline was. So I said, well, he's the most famous, successful person in the world. I think that's a good program to go by. So he became my mentor and I, and I started studying all this stuff and following his philosophy and, and doing this and went on to university to study exercise physiology, which gave me a good base in biology and exercise system. But I would ask my teachers you know, specifics about how do I get to this performance level? And they couldn't tell me. And, and, and it drove me nuts. And so when I got out of university, I said, I'm going to go find people who are producing the results that I want. And I'm going to figure this out on my own and develop my own set of principles around this. And over the course of, a, uh, of uh, the next 20 years, I was able to do that. And I created, a, you know, number one, I was able to successfully complete, compete at the Mr. Universe contest on a vegetarian diet with no drugs, unusual. And then subsequent, I wasn't quite doing everything right. I blew out my health and had to fix my digestion because I had a medical doctor named Dr. O'Brien who came in and I asked him, I said, you know, I went from Mr. Universe to Mr. Marshmallow. I gained 42 pounds of fat and water after that contest. And I met my mentor, Dr. O'Brien, and he was the, everything you want a senior citizen, super vibrant, healthy guy, late 70s. Um, I, he had so much of an impact for Matt and I, we followed a system and he started teaching us about enzymes and probiotics and mineralization and why that's important and feeding our guts, not just our, our, our muscles and our brains. And I went on his, his program and in six months, not only did I get my physique back, but I had a new level of cognitive awareness, clarity, a great sense of mood. Uh, I had vibrancy and energy that I didn't have as an athlete before, even though I worked hard, I didn't have the vibrancy I wanted. And from that point, we started coaching, uh, I coached 15,000 clients over the next four years. I had a holistic health clinic in Vancouver, and it turned out the high performance parameters were also applicable to a lot of people who were sick. And after another few years of that, I came back, went to another world championships, um, did better, didn't have the crash. And I said, okay, we got a set of principles that we can apply wrote some books, did some courses. And now we, I give away the whole system on my core, on my site by optimizers. It's called the awesome health system, which is a first principles approach to how you optimize your health based on improving all of the cells of your body through a first principle uh, action process. And then uh, that's the rest is history. It's awesome. I, I think I've actually sent out that, that course to many people. And when I went through it, I was, I loved it. It was so eclectic. It brought so much information from different fields together. And it really was like, it was, it's definitely a principle based program that people can live by. And so I, and I, it's funny because whenever we talk about different courses that we create, I'm always like referencing Wade's course. Like, oh, you got like a Wade's <laughs> course. It's so good. It's just, it puts all these concepts together. It's all the things that people need to know. So thank you so much for sharing your story. I know it's, Sonia didn't hear the whole thing and, and we got to imagine you doing your Rocky uh, stint out there in the, in the wild wilderness. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's such a great story. Cause, um, and, and I love that you're bringing it back to like the foundation and that we do have power and control over our health. And often when people are stuck in a mindset that something's happening to them, it's really hard to get that self-discipline again, to understand that, well, no, I can shift things. I can, and it can be so simple and have such profound effects. So I love that you're bringing all of that into play with your story. I always say that the obstacles one experiences life is an invitation from divinity to find uh, dormant superpowers within you. Mm -hmm. And so if we looked at disease as just simply the natural, normal uh, cause and effect relationship to our lifestyle, we'll move away from these kind of like, oh, it's the end of the world to, hey, it's an opportunity and feedback for us to reverse and achieve a new level of health that we've got to reprioritize the components of our life and fix this element. And literally the healthiest, most vibrant, uh, most joyful people I know are people who have overcome severe and excruciatingly painful conditions, sometimes physically, sometimes mentally, sometimes socially. And so when you're faced with one of those situations and we all will be as humans there's it's unavoidable in this condition the question that you want to ask yourself is do i want to be a victor or do i want to be a victim 
And we have a society that's enhancing and programming people to victimhood. And I want to enhance and support people and to become victorhood to, to overcome the challenges they're experiencing in life. And to do that, you need a qualified professional. You need someone in your corner who is going to help you bolster against the tide of negativity and, oh, well, there's nothing you can do and blah, 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 blah. You don't accept those things because it's the unreasonable person throughout all of history that has been developing all driving and driving all change and evolution in society. So be part of the evolution of society, not part of its devolution. Mm, I love that. Amazing message. Yes, I mean, one of the things, yeah, we'll, we're going to extract that and put that on the show notes. Uh, one of the things that, um, that you brought up before, and it ties into what you just said just now. And that, that is that, that chronic state of stress that we find ourselves in when we're stuck in complacency and, and, uh, you know, it's kind of like the blue light phenomenon where we just keep, you know, wanting to buy into that social, you know, norm. And it's, and there creates a lot of friction to go outside of that. Right. And just, I can't help but think as you're speaking to that point, just the amount that, the heaviness that people feel right now with all the mandates and all the being told what to do. And if you don't follow the line, you're, you're, you're outside the tribe and the, the tremendous amount of stress and complication that creates in the body is, I mean, nothing like we've seen before. So your call to brilliance or victorhood is really like, that's the solution. That's the message, right? Well, one must choose their authorities carefully. And right now, and I think the overarching information is we're seeing more and more evidence uh, come out, specifically on the suppression of real medical information, the funging of numbers, the overarching implementation of our political leaders who often have financial self-interest inside of what's going on here. And the catering to special interest groups and lobbyists have shaped the public policy that has put us in this situation that we're in. And if we continue to march down that road, we will absolutely destroy society. You cannot apply low resolution thinking and fear mongering to live your healthiest life. Human conditions are essentially risky by nature. The human body is uh, very susceptible to a lot of things, everything from car accidents to infections. And the question is not, um, you know, how am I going to survive? You got to ask your question, how am I going to live? How am I going to choose to interact? And if we continue to turn over our autonomy and our authority to people under these conditions, we will continue to suffer from them. So I'm inviting people to get better informed, to apply scientific methods. So they say, follow the science. Well, scientific method involves a couple of things. Number one, you must be skeptical of the result at all times and continue to challenge against norms. Number two, you want to apply alternative options as well as looking at all the components. Almost no one in the public domain is talking about the importance of bolstering your immune system with vitamins and minerals and connection and uh, sunshine and regular exercise. And men, in fact, many of those things have been become more difficult under this situation. And you have to step up in reserves. We also know that the, the, the states, for example, in the United States that have put in mask mandates for those who haven't, the ones who haven't have actually done better. If we look at cultures like Sweden, the evidence who hasn't responded the way the rest of the world was, the results have been overwhelmingly positive for that country, a country that doesn't have access to a lot of sun. If we look at individuals such as Joe Rogan, who have provided alternative means to reaching these challenges by getting an, a group of professionals in his life to give him alternatives in regards to the situation, guess what? You can get positive results. So the reality is, is we have to look at our authoritative leaders through a clearer lens and to respond accordingly. And whatever choice that you do make, that doesn't mean that that choice is right for somebody else. We also need to allow them to live their lives as well. Now, I don't have to agree with somebody, but I think we can unite that we should have the freedom to choose that life that we uh, desire to live. And so as health advocates, I believe that the opportunity that's coming up is we're exposing some of the rot within our institutionalized systems and the financial rewards that are in, in, in put into both uh, the allopathic model, as well as their uh, co-advocates uh, co in the media and big tech, uh, as well as some of the trusted institutions. 
And so we are going to sort this out over time. It may take some while, but I think in 10 years, we're going to see the emergence of an alternative paradigm to the current allopathic model, to something that is more holistic in its nature, that uses modern science, not outdated metabolic models from 40 years ago, and are able to demonstrate uh, with efficacy and consistency that there is a better way to approach health in the modern world than sick care, which we are currently advocating. And I know you guys are on the forefront of that. And that's why I'm so excited to do these podcasts. I want to encourage people to connect with people in that industry. I'm, I want to encourage you to get the right professionals to help you sort through medicine. Don't be discouraged by long names and Latin stuff and, you know, consistent bombardment of low resolution suggestions on it. Uh, stand up, push back, get professionals in your thing and connect with people in your community. Follow the pre precepts of what produces health. Get your vitamins, get your sunshine, get your exercise, connect with your loved ones, eat a healthy diet and put a smile on your face and don't trust anyone who says that you've got to do this or got to do that for any reason. You don't have to do anything that you don't want to do and exercise your autonomy as a human on this planet, as according to the Human Rights Act of 1948, which was put by the UN, that governments do not have the right to dictate what you put inside your body. My body, my choice. So good. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Thank so you so much. So needed right now. Yeah. 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 So um, I love everything that you've shared today. And one thing that stood out for me as you were sharing your story was... Um, your sister and perhaps that relationship that has maybe brought you to where you are today and correct me if I'm wrong, but if, if she was in front of you today, what, what, what would you want to speak to her about and what would you share with her in this moment? Great question. Thank you for asking me. And I would say the exact same thing, you know, um, in that situation. And I've often thought about that. Um, my sister has obviously influenced the course of my life ever since that time. And I, I realized about 10 years after how much it impacted me. And I would say this, at that time, my parents, my family members or friends did everything they could to follow within the parameters that they felt was going to help her overcome, which was Hodgkin's disease, which had a 95% success rate according to the medical procedures. But she was in that 5%. And during that process, I remember traveling with her, um, you know, we'd, we'd make the 55 mile drive from Moncton to our little place. And we'd have to stop half a dozen times on the way home as she would vomit from the treatments that she was taking. And I remember thinking in my 15 year old self was like, wait a minute. If I want to be healthy, how does something that makes me sick supposed to get me there. This was a very naive, but I think my naivete was actually an advantage. I believe today, if I was in that situation where my sister was diagnosed with that condition, that I could provide a wealth of other um, influences and technologies that are well-proven, sometimes suppressed, but certainly wildly available that probably would have changed the trajectory of that outcome. And I've been fortunate to be an advisor for the American Anti-Cancer Institute to provide uh, insight and also to advocate some of these uh, various varieties of things that people can do, whether they're under allopathic treatment, whether they're under a holistic treatment or some combination of the two. I always say you have to realize whatever you got as a disease is a combination of your genetics, okay, your epigenetics, and lifestyle factors, always. So you want to stack the deck in your favor in order to offset that. And so what's in control? Your genetics aren't. Your epigenetics, the expression of those is. Uh, and that's related to your lifestyle factors, your risk factors. And if you can mitigate as many of those as possible using the technology that's available today, you give yourself a better chance. And even if you go down the complete allopathic model and, you know, let's say you successfully navigate that, you still have an under, you still haven't addressed those core cause reasons of why you develop that condition. And the medical institutions right now, um, they provide, they call uh, your cured, uh, if you've gone five years and haven't recurred it, but the rate of recurrence of cancer in people who have had it before is very high, oftentimes because of this. And so again, I would, ins I would say thank you for your service to me and shaping my life. And 
your death wasn't in vain. It provided a, an impetus for me to discover principles that have allowed many, many other people to live a happy and healthy life, whether they had serious medical conditions or needed to overcome them or recovering from them and recognize the need to change your lifestyle. And so it's been very supportive of that. And so when life gives you uh, lemons, you make lemonade out of it. And that's what I've done. Thank you. You, you honor her with your work. Uh, it's just Thank so you. beautiful uh, what you've been able to accomplish and, and be able to, uh, you know, the impact that you've had in people's lives. And it's, it's really amazing, Wade. And, you know, every time we speak to you, it's just you, you're such an amazing storyteller and you're able to tie in all these you know, really intricate details together and make them palatable for people. So, you know, endlessly grateful for you. Uh, I want to make sure, I mean, people know about bio-optimizers through us anyways, because they come through a clinic, but uh, definitely check out the website. And if you haven't done so yet, make sure you check out the awesome health blueprint, right. On uh, biooptimizers.com. Is there any, I mean, and then definitely, you know, follow Wade on all the, the handles, but where, where's the best place, place for people to reach out? Do you think? Yeah, I go to bioptimizers and of course they can get that now on the app, which will come right to their phone. It's five to 15 minute videos of the whole course where I break down first principles. I think that's really a point. And then with any of their nutritional supplements, if they choose that's right for them, we have hundred percent money back guarantee. We'll even pay for the shipping if it doesn't work for you. So we, we de-risk it because what we want to encourage is people to get professional insight from people such as yourselves to give them, Hey, here's what you need to try. And we can provide some of those elements that will, you know, bolster the holes in their diet. And if they do that and start learning to take control of their health and affecting the things that they have control under the right guidance, guess what? You move from disempowered to empowered and a little bit of progress. You want to celebrate and you want to accelerate that. And so we're on Instagram, the awesome health podcast by optimizer site, the by optimizer app, all that sort of stuff. But more importantly, um, it's not about my company. It's not about the products I make. It's about the message. And is that you get to make the decisions in your life. And if you don't like the choices that you have, go find other choices. Love it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Wade. Uh, I'm sure we'll be speaking to you again at some point in the, in the future, but uh, always just such a pleasure. Thank you again. Thank you so much. And I love that uh, piece in the background today. I choose joy. Yes. <laughs>We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Health Ignited podcast. Be sure to download, subscribe, and share as we build this conscious community together. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and our website, drsjensen.com. Please note all information on this podcast is not and should not be taken as medical advice. Please see a healthcare professional to receive the care needed. Thank you for sharing this time with us, igniting your health freedom. And welcome to the tribe. 